No Stupid Questions. The feature where Tracy asks the questions so you don't have to. With its free public transports, national healthcare and thriving financial sector, it's no surprise that when you type why is Luxembourg into an internet search engine, one of the top questions is why is Luxembourg so rich? Well, why is it? Was the Grand Duchy always so well off? What does being rich actually mean when we talk about a country's wealth? And how will Luxembourg continue keeping up its economic well-being when lasting crises are threatening the country's stability? That is what we're going to answer in this episode of No Stupid Question, with the help of University of Luxembourg economy professors François Kulischer and Christos Kulovatianos. One of the measures of, of wealth and economic activity is GDP per capita. And uh, it's true that if we look at the macro data, so there's data from the World Bank that uh, suggests that GDP per capita in Luxembourg is $134,000 per year. Is that a lot? Well, we should look at other countries. And so uh, in France, that's $44,000. And in Germany, that's $51,000. So we're roughly, with that measure, we're roughly three times richer. Says François Kulischer. Luxembourg does have the highest GDP per capita in the EU, as Eurostat confirms. However, Luxembourg's GDP is warped by the presence of large corporations and financial institutions. Hence why Christos Kulovatianos suggests considering the reality of the country. But we have uh, close to 48% of commuters working, so you could combine it with a GDP per worker. Even so, the Grand Duchy's wealth is consequential. But where does this wealth come from? Historically, Luxembourg had an important standing, especially thanks to its geographical position, a strategic place that other European powers were vying for. Kulischer breaks down the economic history that made the Grand Duchy what it is today into three parts. So the first phase was an economy centered on the agriculture and to some extent military. And so that was the 1600 to the 1800s, where uh, Luxembourg really played an important role between uh, France, Germany and to the north of the Netherlands. And so you had uh, garrisons that were located here and, and that when they left, this also had an impact on, on the economy. And then uh, in the 1900s started a new uh, phase with the rise of the steel industry and in 1909 the foundation of the Arpet in Belleval. And then in the 1960s the steel industry declined and that coincided with the rise of finance. Um, and so there uh, I think uh, finance then has, has contributed a lot to the economic activity. What brought the Grand Duchy part of its economic success is that it has a good eye for up-and-coming trends, Kulovatiano suggests. What really matters to characterize a country rich is whether it has proactivity, whether the eight hours of work combined with all infrastructure, all the organization of the country, with everything around it, can add value. And it looks like uh, Luxembourg has good uh, recipes. Luxembourg uh, has a very good attitude to trying to be the pioneer at something. 
back in the day, tried to look for a big project. It was satellite. So it tried to attract business and investment in that. And it was the steel industry. It was a good time. Uh, at some point, it was the banking sector. It was also a good time during globalization. And now it's about sustainability. It's always very good to look at things that make the country solid. The small country's wealth is under threat, though with a housing and real estate crisis that is increasingly pressuring society, Luxembourg, if it doesn't take immediate and consequent actions, risks meeting the same fate as other countries, like Japan, which saw its economic bubble burst in the 1990s due to a real estate crisis. It could be the, the course of housing prices and how investments surround real estate in Luxembourg could be one of the systemic risks that we don't easily see. Okay, we have to understand that more. So there are plenty of examples why things could go bad. The other risk is that the financial hub that attracts a lot of Luxembourg's current income could come to disappear, either by being wiped out by a financial crisis or simply because of competing hubs. I have many concerns that this is not there to stay forever. It's nothing that sustainable. Uh, one should keep it, but over-specializing in the financial industry is something that has to do with the times. So what does Luxembourg need to do in order to retain its current wealth and potentially grow it to provide for future generations? Here, the professors list several actions that need to be implemented sooner rather than later and all at the same time. The first one, which could already be in development, is to bring in a new source of income. Kulisher poses the question. One open question, and it is more going forward, is whether we've entered a fourth phase, which would be a knowledge-based economy, and uh, where the growth is driven by innovation in technology, potentially, uh, pharmaceutical sector, etc. And so whether we've entered this fourth phase is, uh, is maybe a, a debate to have. I think clearly the university has a very important role to play in ensuring this, this transition. Kulovatianos adds. Perhaps uh, Luxembourg is the invention of the, the, the European state that we haven't invented yet. This can be a, a new direction to go to. When uh, Francois speaks about innovation in the next 50 years, one could just invest in projects that cannot happen anywhere else, you know, by innovating maybe legally, finding windows, you know, of opportunity. Keep in mind that sustainability. Like the first green bond, uh, it occurred uh, in, in Luxembourg. The European stability mechanism, you know, it occurred in Luxembourg. Luxembourg also has the advantage of being a multilingual environment open to people from different countries, so long as they contribute to the economy, he adds. This could position the Grand Duchy as a future canalist between other countries when it will be time to collaborate on innovations, Kulovatianos suggests. And though Luxembourg might potentially shift towards becoming a knowledge-based economy, it doesn't mean that it should turn its back on its current winning horses. The country must invest in upskilling its current workforce, the two professors underline. The short answer to why one should uh, still invest in uh, financial knowledge is because, I'll say it in a very blunt way, um, 
the 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 party is over with inflating the financial sector in the west one has to now be very careful about managing long-term funds long-term investments like green finance and for this you need principles in other words what luxembourg needs is diversification and innovation uh, so first i should emphasize that certainly we should not throw away everything that um that we've accomplished and uh, and build on our history, of course, which, which is uh, rich. But I think that today innovation is really a necessity. Uh, it's not uh, nice to have. We, we, we will have to innovate because the world around us is moving very fast. And if I can take just one example, I think it's, just, it's quite interesting for Luxembourg is the case of energy. So in the past, energy was never an issue for Luxembourg because we would just import it. And so we would import oil, gas, uh, nuclear power, and just uh, consume it. Um, but now with the uh, major shocks we've had with the war in Ukraine, etc., we realize that importing energy is not uh, so easy. And on top of this, we have the climate crisis. And we there are a whole new set of technologies are coming up uh, for producing renewable energy. And so we have to move to a model of self-sufficiency. And so uh, how do we make this transition? This is one of the major challenges that the country is facing. And it requires a whole set of, of competences, which... Uh, um, yeah, have to be built upon, which will require innovation. Kulischer and Kulovatianos also underline the importance of attracting more skilled talent to fuel these sectors of activities in the future. But this, of course, is linked to a much-needed step that struggles to find many supporters and also struggles to take root in the Grand Duchy. First priority, national priority in my view, um, is that Luxembourg, uh, speaking about the government mostly, tries to release more space for housing. That's one important thing. It will affect uh, also to an extent the, its ability to keep attracting people. In my view, the immigration model of Luxembourg is uh, quite superb in the sense that it selects people who add economic value. So it focuses on the economic, but at the same time, that strategy is a catch-all for the other socio-economic, at least, uh, aspects okay, of the country, political stability, social uh, stability. But uh, in my opinion, uh, this speed at which people migrate here has affected the housing markets, which is also a potential source for financial instability. Political parties in the run-up to the national elections in October will have to address this issue, as it will have repercussions well beyond their mandate, both on a social and economic level. So, Luxembourg is a rich country, thanks to its centuries-long ability to jump on the train ahead of other economies. But, in order to sustain this wealth and the quality of life it can offer to most of its residents, it will have to invest in upskilling, education, sustainability and innovation, the professors of the Economy Department of the University of Luxembourg suggest. It should also take advantage of its multilingual and multicultural nature to set a precedent. But also, and this is tied to that, the Grand Duchy will have to ensure that it provides enough housing solutions for the people it needs to retain and those it needs to attract to continue supporting its growing population. Because, as Kulovatianos underlines it several times during our interview, 
a country is not only rich due to its prolific sources of income. It is most rich when it is politically stable. What it offers is political stability. That's a very tough one. And the immigration policy of Luxembourg is very important when it comes to that. It has a very conservative uh, immigration strategy, uh, which, because it can, because of its size, it can uh, implement. And this adds to the political stability, to the business stability. So it is a rich country because it has this multilingual infrastructure and it has this attitude to, to migration. It will always be a, a safe haven. And in the face of rising nationalism and political instability in Europe, that is something to be valued. Nationalist ideas are on the rise in Europe and Luxembourg seems to have the social model to avoid that. It's a very important uh, and concerning trend. It's, uh, having nationalists in the 21st century with access to all this information, all this education, all this science, Having such a departure from facts, science and nationalism, Luxembourg has something to say against it. If you have any questions you would like to ask, simply email listeners at ara.lu.